Tomorrow is Labor Day, at least for those of you in the United States. So happy Labor Day to you. And if you're outside the United States, um, happy day. Inside the U.S., we're going we're gonna to celebrate Labor Day by going over the payroll reports. But before we get to those numbers, those questionable numbers, ridiculous numbers, let's go back to January 1974. A fellow by the name of Richard Nixon was standing before Congress, the State of the Union, and what he said was unequivocally, there will be no recession in the United States of America. And as he said that, there was already a recession in the United States of America. But the reason he was so confident, well, let me read to you from Richard Nixon's speech, January 1974. And keep in mind, this was almost a decade into the great inflation. January 1974. Overall, Americans are living more abundantly than ever. More than two and a half million new jobs were created in the past year alone. That is the biggest percentage increase in nearly 20 years. People are earning more. What they earn buys more, more than ever before in history. In the past five years, the average American's real spendable income, that is what you can really buy with your income, even after allowing for taxes and inflation, has increased by 16%. With that track record, you could say, you understand why Nixon was so confident, but from the perspective of 2023, what has real wages done over the last couple of years here? So if the U.S. was already in recession because of the weakness, in particular the great inflation in January 1974, do we really have a chance at a soft landing in 2023 when real wages have been not just down, but down substantially for a couple years running? Let's ask Mr. Stephen Van Meter his opinion for, before we get to the payroll numbers, just on the labor market income situation. What do you think about that, Steve? You know, Jeff, uh, this is a statistic I love to look at. I, I call it total compensation. And what I take is the average hourly earnings and multiplied by um, the weekly hours worked. And what we see is continued deceleration. And yet, what do we hear from the Fed? And Powell says, hey, I'm so worried about this wage price spiral because employers, they're so desperate for employees. They're just throwing out big wage increases, big salary offers. And that means people are going to have more money to go spend. And yet, there's just some weird kind of relationship here, Jeff, that it seems that as total compensation decelerates, and you can split that out, and you can look at wage growth or hours, doesn't matter if you want to, but the CPI goes down too. And it's kind of interesting because you know we have this view that uh, wages are going to lead prices when in fact, if prices don't keep going up fast enough, Companies don't have the money to give out higher wages. Now, I know to you and I, this may sound like one of the most obvious things in the world, but to a Fed chief, policymakers, I don't think they get it. No, they're looking at it backwards, right? They're always looking at the unemployment rate and saying tight labor market. So if the unemployment rate is low, then they're assuming or presuming there must be competition for workers. And I think that's the fatal flaw, one of the fatal flaws. The other being the participation problem, which the unemployment rate does not capture. But the current payroll statistics for August were, I don't even know how you would describe them. They were all over the place. It was, it was exceptionally weird. Let's start with the headline establishment survey. That came in at 187,000. But the big news, I think, as most people realize, and it has been reported on quite widely, the BLS keeps revising the numbers lower and lower and lower. And in this month, they revised the payroll reports for the last two months by accumulated 110,000. It's gotten really out of hand here. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. I mean, but 
at some point you got to say, this is, I mean, this doesn't happen. Every single month in 2023 has been revised substantially lower. And you look at the totals now, it's, it's by 355,000 jobs that the BLS said we gained, but now they say, oh, no, we didn't gain. 355,000 every single month. That's just not normal. Yeah, you know, Jeff, in, in an expanding economy, right? It'd be okay if we hear the BLS come out and say, hey, you know what? We got last month wrong and we got the month before that wrong. And you know what? There's more jobs created than we thought. And we would say, hey, yes, that's great. It's just so good and getting better. It's so good that they can't count it right. And now we have the opposite problem. We're decelerating, which you and I have talked about is the wrong trend. And we know that payrolls may not go negative till the middle of a recession. So we can have positive payroll growth in a slowing economy. The problem is, as you just pointed out, is we keep having these downward revisions. So the trend, even on the backside, going the wrong way. But there should be, I mean, again, not to feed into this narrative, but in any given year, Revision should be in both directions. It ran, by just random chance, it should be one one month they revise higher, the next month they revise lower. They're trying to zero in on the trend. That's really what these statistics are all about. They shouldn't be every month, oh, we were overstating, we need to come down. Every month we're overstating, we need to come down again. Every month we're overstating, we need to come down again. That is a statistical signal, not a conspiracy signal, a statistical signal that they need to change their trend. The trend is off. And if the trend is off, that, as you were just saying, Steve, that, that opens the door for other things like revisions and future negative payroll numbers. The trend is too high in the statistics, which means it's actually coming down. At the same time, the economy is, is decelerating. That's where you cross the zero boundary. But we may not know it for several months after it actually happens. And I'll give you an example. The June payroll number came out to be, when it was initially uh, initially publicized back in early July, they said it was plus 209,000. Not a great number, but also not a bad one either. After two revisions, now they say it was 105,000, half of what they initially started with. And if they had said 105,000 back in early July, the reaction would have been very different because everybody would have said, that's a really concerning number. And it hasn't really gotten any better since then because we don't know. They say 187,000 in August, but they said 187,000 for July and then revise it to 157,000. They continue to overstate payroll growth, which means we're kind of flying blind on the payroll reports. And that means that's the last thing you want to rely on for a soft landing. Right, Jeff. And the other side here is if people are looking for a conspiracy angle, and we know that we're not trying to say there is one, that the BLS is earnestly trying to do their best job to count jobs. Now, is it their fault that not very many companies responded to their requests this month? Well, maybe that's a factor as well. And they just kind of had to fudge some numbers. But the issue here is the trend keeps going down, and you're right. If we would have seen a print today of 105, and who knows, maybe today's number gets revised down to under 100,000 in the months to come. It may actually happen. You would not see the euphoria in the equity market. You would not see the pessimism in the bond market. You would start to hear and see articles and people talking about how the Fed has gone too far and they're not going to pause, that they're going to need to start cutting rates in the near-term future but what's weird, Jeff, you know, we look at these past revisions. I mean, 355,000. I mean, that's a solid month of payroll in itself, maybe two months right now. The problem is no one cares about the past. All they care about is the number today, 
when they really should be looking again, as we talk about always the trend. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I know what you're saying, Steve, and I agree with you. That's what most people think is we're only as good as our last payroll report, but 355,000 in seven months, that's an average, just an average of 50,000 lower every month. So let's, let's apply that to August. August says 187. Let's subtract our 50 or 52,000 from that. We're really in the 130s. We're in recession territory already going by recent history, which again, doesn't make much sense. But this, this mystery, this non-randomness actually applies to the other part of the payroll report too, the current population statistics, the household survey. The household survey is getting to be an even bigger mess than the establishment survey. What the household survey said was that payrolls gained 222,000 in uh, the month of August. But I can't figure out where the hell that number came from because when you break it down by full-time, part-time, full-time jobs fell for the second consecutive month by 85,000, while part-time jobs only increased by 32,000. So put those two together, you get a net minus 50, yet the household survey says plus 222. Are we seeing some, we don't have the same statistical biases, at least I don't think in the household survey, but yet full-time jobs have finally, have started to uh, decline again. In fact, you go back to March, I think it is, full-time positions, there's 150,000 fewer of them since March, which is, again, another cyclical indicator. Despite what the headline household survey might say, full-time jobs appear to be getting weaker yet again. Yeah. And Jeff, could this be from the maybe the birth death model where they start to create um, an estimate of what we'll say are self-employed positions? Maybe a lot of people are quitting their job and becoming self-employed because the economy is doing that well. Maybe that's what we're missing is people are just tired of going to work every day. They want to do this work from home and their employer says no more. And they said, fine. I'm going to start my own business. I know we're kind of laughing here, but is there any sense that, you know, does that factor into the, the anomaly here? Well, the household survey is noisy and volatile by its very nature. So people just kind of shrug it off and say, well, that's just one of these months where the, the numbers just don't add up. But like the establishment survey, they continue to add up in only one direction, right? We continue to see uh, full-time jobs, at least since March, which makes sense, right? Since March, we had a credit crunch, we had a banking crisis, all that stuff, economic fallout. Since March, full-time jobs are heading down while part-time jobs are only partly offsetting them and going higher, which means on the whole, like the establishment survey, the employment, the employment picture is getting weaker. We just don't have any confidence that we can say for sure how much weaker it's gotten to be. And that's a big problem. I don't mean just for Jay Powell. It means for you know people who are trying to invest their money and look look at the macro economy and say, "Am I going to be worried about my job next month?" Because I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. I really don't know how bad it looks this month. And I think that's the overriding message here: is that we know the economy is getting weaker, but the statistics are failing us here at a particularly inopportune moment. Yeah, and that's there's a lot of truth to that because we can't look at these reports and get an accurate picture. But one thing we can maybe look at is the U6, and I noticed that that this month it ticked up to seven point one percent. The broad U3, the the headline unemployment rate rose to three point eight percent. So you know we do notice that the trend of the U6 tends to lead the U3, and if that's any indication that maybe we're just seeing a little bit of it pop up in a spot what not too many people normally look at. 
that's a possibility too. Though again, the, the house, the CPS numbers for August were just all over the place. The the number of people outside the labor force was basically steady, but somehow, what was it, six or seven hundred thousand just showed up into the labor force, which normally would be a good sign. But there weren't there weren't enough jobs for these people showing up in the labor force. So the unemployment rate jumped to three point eight percent, as you said. The U six number jumped was it seven point three percent? I mean, it's it's the statistics aren't supposed to be like this. In fact, the establishment survey, its entire purpose is to make the employment situation incredibly easy through just one number. We look at this number. It doesn't vary a lot. It tells us a lot about the state of the economy. Is it humming along at a reasonable clip? Is it really slowing down? Is it gaining steam? That's what the establishment survey is supposed to do. And instead, we're, we're left here scratching our head about the entire labor labor number because at the very least, as we said, the economy is slowing down. The labor market is definitely slowing down. Think about jolts, the hires number, just collapsed in June and July. Where is that in these statistics? So it may be that we have to wait a couple months to just get any sort of realistic sense of what the what the employment situation really is. You know what thing that doesn't surprise me, Jeff, is to see the participation rate going up. I'm not surprised at all that more people are headed back into the workforce. And I always look at this as a function of inflation. When prices get too high, what happens? Well, people start using their credit cards and we can kind of look at the data and get some kind of picture that perhaps people are near a point where they're maxed out. We know banks aren't really over eager to extend more credit. You know, we did see the credit, the revolving credit data last month actually contract, which is a bit unusual, suggesting that people are looking maybe to pay down their cards or they just can't get more credit. We saw the savings rate turn around and decelerate here again as we saw spending go up. So what I'm looking at here is that perhaps, you know, this notion that there's all this pandemic money, which the Fed, latest Fed report said, hey, we think there are going to be out of money by the end of the third quarter. What's telling me is that people are running out of money and they're headed back to the workforce. As you said, the problem is, you know, they're looking for that help wanted sign and employers are taking it and throwing it away. Yeah, I think that's probably what we're what what explains the jump in the labor force here is that um, savings are gone, student loans need to be repaid, incomes overall are dropping, the work prospects aren't great. So it's if you're thinking that you're going to get a second job or a first job to try to help you through this period, you might really be disappointed. And I want to leave you on this this. Let's go back to Richard Nixon one more time because. Richard Nixon in January 1974 sounds a whole lot like Jay Powell in 2023. You can swap the two of them. And if I didn't tell you this was Nixon, you might think it was Powell. What he said was, despite this record of achievement, as we turn to the year ahead, we hear once again the familiar voice of the perennial prophets of gloom telling us now that because of the need to fight inflation, because of the energy shortage, America may be headed for a recession. And of course, Tricky Dick said, we will not have a recession when there already was one. And Tricky Jay tells us that we need to fight inflation because the unemployment rate or something. And that's a great point, Jeff, because what we looked at with the payroll data says we are decelerating. We are headed into a recession. If for some miracle this only turns into a soft landing, that would be a rare event. But based on everything what we know and what we see, in a matter of months, we'll probably have a more official idea that we're actually in one. Yeah, as Nixon found out later, you don't actually get a soft landing. They aren't just rare, they're actually unicorns. If you want to see more recent developments in the labor market in the United States, 
click on the video at the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, our Eurodollar University members too. And until next time, take care.